Welcome to the Open Apple Podcast, where we celebrate the Apple II. Whether you're a longtime user, a nostalgic visitor, or a newcomer to the community, join us as we share news and memories of Steve Wozniak's most famous personal computer. Hello and welcome to a Retro Open Poly Roundtable Chicken Missile Lines Drop Museum Groovecast. This is the traditional giant group podcast that we do every year at Kansas Fest. And this year we are doing it virtually because, of course, Kansas Fest itself is virtual. And uh, over the years, we've expanded this from podcasters to YouTube to now if you own a microphone, come on in. We want to hear from you. <laughs> so I'm going to go around the room here and introduce everybody or they're going to introduce themselves. I am Quinn Dunkey of Open Apple ish formerly mostly it's kind of on hiatus and currently of the blondie hacks youtube channel and very very occasionally of the retro computing roundtable and to my virtual left is joe joe strosnyder of joe's computer museum on youtube where i take apart fix and sometimes blow up old computers for my enjoyment and yours next we have Kay. Hi, I'm uh, Kay Savitz of Antic, the Atari 8-Bit Podcast, where I have uh, interviewed more than 400 people who have done things with early microcomputers, and also of the Eaten by a Crew Podcast. And John. I'm John Lee from the Retro Maccast. And Charles. I'm Charles Mangan from How To and other defunct podcasting projects. Um, and hey, I own a microphone. And Earl. Hi, I'm Earl Evans with the Retro Computing Roundtable. And I also do another podcast called Next Without Four about programming old computers or old programming languages for computers. Carrington. I'm Carrington Vanston from the Eaten by a Group podcast where Kay and I are playing all the Infocom games. And I'm also on the Retro Computing Roundtable. And Rob. Hi, I'm Rob McMullen from the Player Missile podcast where I talk about Atari magazines and computer games. And Chris. Hi, I'm Chris Torrance of the Assembly Lines Video Podcast, and I'm also in the Kansas Fest Committee. And Kat. Hi, I'm uh, Kat, and I am the host of the Retro Metal Old Games and Old Machines uh, Twitch stream, and I'm also on the Kansas Fest Committee. And Ken. Hi, I'm Ken Gagney, master of the print medium with the magazine Juice GS. In an audio capacity, you can hear me as the co-host of Transporter Lock, the Star Trek review podcast, as well as the host of Polygamer, where I interview diverse voices in the gaming industry and community. And Paul. Uh, hello, I'm Paul Hextrom. I am uh, on the Retro Computing Roundtable and maybe someday again on Drop Three Inches. <laughs> and Blake. Uh, hello, I'm Blake Patterson. I'm with the Retro Computing Roundtable, and I run the Byte Seller Vintage Computing Blog, which I have for quite some time. Excellent. That is your roundtable for this podcast. And as is tradition, we're going to do an icebreaker game that will no doubt devolve into senseless rambling for an hour or so, and then we label that a podcast and upload it somewhere. So I will <laughs> hand it off to Charles, who's going to MC this game for us. All right. Thank you, Quinn. Um... If you are familiar with the NPR podcast, Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me, uh, the inspiration for this game is the Bluff the Listener game. So we're going to call this the Bluff the Podcaster or Bluff the Mega Podcast. I don't know. Anyhow, <laughs> it is a game in which uh, everyone will go around, will go around the table and each 
of our uh, podcasters will describe a software title for the Apple II. Some of them are real and some of them are fake. And after they read their description, we'll go around and uh, let the crew decide whether what they were reading was a real description uh, or was something that they totally made up. So the example that I gave is uh, you're a yellow dot that's running through a maze and you're being chased by ghosts and sometimes you can eat them. Fake. (laughs) Yeah, totally fake. Uh, Never heard. Can't possibly be a game. Well, obviously that was Pac-Man. Oh. Oh, Never heard of it. But the idea is uh, there are so many software titles for the Apple II. I mean, we keep uncovering new ones that have never been um, archived before or never cracked or uh, only had limited release. And so some of them are just bizarre and off the wall. Uh, If you look at them as an objective observer 40 years later, it's like, were we really supposed to be eating ghosts? Uh, And what's the idea behind this? big yellow dot eating little yellow dots. And then sometimes he turns super, I don't know what is. So anyhow, uh, everyone has their description and I'm going to go by the, um, random.org randomly generated order list, uh, in my document here. So, uh, I will begin with K. Oh goodness. So I'm supposed to say the name of the software. Yes. Uh, No, keep the name of the software to yourself. Just read the description. All right. A computer courseware package for grades 7 to 9, this joint endeavor by the Pacific Science Center and the National Pork Producers Council, includes Nutrition Sleuth, a hangman-like game, and Grab a Pig, a quiz to review nutrition facts. All right. Does anyone know... Does anyone off the top of your head, do you know for a fact whether that is a real product? Have you heard of that or a fake product? What, what is, uh, what's the consensus? I want it to be real. I'm going to guess that if we know for a fact, then we could only know one thing. <laughs> yeah. Sounds <laughs> real to me. Yeah, that sounds like absolutely like something that somebody would have put together and put in Ziploc bags and sent to teachers. Mm-hmm. If you follow 4AM on Twitter, everything is like that, that he cracks now. So. Yeah, exactly. That was yeah. that was the point of the game. There's all kinds of crazy stuff out there. Somewhere um, in the Midwest, this game was played. Okay. Yeah. Unless it's fake. Sounds like something MECC made. Okay. Yeah, I know. That's exactly what I was thinking. I wouldn't pa- put it past those Midwestern schools to be playing fake games. <laughs> that's right. Uh, if you want to do a reaction uh, in Zoom, just a thumbs up if you think it's real. How about that? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight people think it's real. Eight out of 12. Okay. Uh, Kay, would you like to reveal? Yes. Uh, the, the software is fake. However, <laughs> oh, however if you change pork to Dairy Council... It's true. <laughs> yeah, that's how you got me. Oh, that's how you got us. Yeah, that changed one thing. That's all I got. It was originally called the National uh, Dairy Council Producers Grab a Bite, B-Y-T-E. That literally, I, wow. having used to do stuff like that, yeah, that 100% sounds correct. This game is going to be hard, I can tell. Yeah. So that is that is eight points for K. Because he fooled eight people. I'm in the lead. Nice. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So uh, up next is Paul. All right. 
This fortune-telling program can predict what the future has in store for you. You ask a computer a question, it shuffles the 78-card deck. Your own higher self will guide you to press a key when you feel that the time is right to stop shuffling, and deal out the cards which should, if you have concentrated hard enough, portray the message to you from your own higher self. Apple to tarot. Was that a thing? I think I'm going to think everything is true. I know, it's like because so much stuff was made for this thing. I mean, if, if we're in North Dakota, as Carmen Sandiego is real, I feel like everything's on the table. <laughs> yeah, exactly, right? <laughs> Although, oh, but in the 80s, though, like, I don't know if that's a software, but if it, it would be, wouldn't be a, a marketed software title because people weren't as into that back then as they are now. I don't know. I was reading some stuff in the back of a Byte magazine from 1982 that sounded weirder than that, so. And there was a lot of those games that were, like, trying to make them be more interesting than they were by having you do stuff outside the computer like imagining things before you press a key when it's just a random number generator but yeah. they want to make it into more of a game than it really is by having you do stuff there was a lot of that true all right so uh ready to vote so who thinks it's real thumbs up six so that's one two three four. okay that was six thank you ken yeah. Quicker on the draw than me. Uh, and Paul? Okay, this was um, Programma Software's The Ancient Tarot from 1978. <laughs> it was real. <laughs> wow. Wow. Yeah. 1978, jeez. Yeah, I would like to say that there were programs to produce your biorhythm. Uh, mm -hmm. There were mm -hmm. like I Ching calculator type things and casting bones, all kinds of stuff. Now, having invalidated half of the people's <laughs> entries, <laughs> Charles moves on to the next person. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, and looks like next on the... Yeah, Carrington. Carrington, nope. you are next. Uh, okay, so this was a disc of 10 free Apple II games uh, given away to customers who bought an Apple II from Canadian tire stores in either 1982 or 1983, I think. Uh, this software gained some notoriety because the store would offer people either the cassette or floppy disk versions, but the Apple II version only came on floppy, so if you asked for the cassette version, they gave you a VIC-20 cassette instead. Good luck with that. Was this the same tire store that had its own fake money? It is yeah. not had, has. Has, yeah, no, has. <laughs> Canadian exists, Tire is amazing. Still has. Yep. There are places that still accept it. Mm. Yeah, outside of Canadian Tire. Canadian Tire, yeah. It's, it's like Canadian it's Tire currency, in. practically. Yeah. Can you trade it in for poutine? That's You can question. mine but it like a Bitcoin. I was just about I to say. I want <laughs> this to be real just because I want Canadian Tire to have trolled people so hard. Canadian Tire did a lot of weird things. I would not I think put it's much past them. it's only trolling if you do it on purpose. <laughs> yeah. All right, should we vote? All right. Yeah. Uh, resident uh, resident sure, Canadian sure, sure. believes it. I'm in. <laughs> okay. She's not a real Canadian. Hey. Oh. <laughs> I can hear you, right? Microphone. <laughs> 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 so I see. One, two, three, four, five, six. I counted seven. I counted seven. Seven? Yeah, seven. Okay. Yeah. All right. You guys are faster than me. It's like my eyes just don't focus as quick anymore. Uh, so that was uh, seven votes for real. And Carrington, would you like to reveal your tire store software? Yeah, totally fake. Uh, oh. The never sold the Apple II. They did sell a VIC-20, though, yeah. something called compl complimentary cassette. So they could have given you that, but that's the oh. closest they would have gotten. You got oh, me with the details. Go Good line. I definitely remember. Details. Mm, I know we came across that that uh, cassette I was before. hoping people would remember that there was a cassette <laughs> and it wasn't going away, yeah. Cool. Cool, cool, cool. 
and looks like next is Quinn. All right. So what I have for you is a platformer from 1986 in low-res graphics released only in shareware. You played Carson the Bricklayer, and you needed to build a wall up to a certain level, On and it got harder as you went up, so the level went up, while aliens from above tried to shoot it apart. Well, if it's not real, I want it to be. Mm-hmm. That really sounds that. like a game, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, I know, right? That's I'm like, I'm like, that is like the direct opposite of Tetris, and I want it to be real. Miss <laughs> Quinn makes games, so she can come up with a game idea. Uh, this whole is what she does. <sighs> the question is, has she published it yet? <laughs> and is it now available for the Apple Store? Published in 1986, <laughs> or was it out, out in 1987? Oh, there's so many details. Yeah, there's right about oh, the details, Quinn. so many details. Published by a very young Quinn Dunkey. <laughs> oh God, what if it was? That would be awesome. <laughs> Look at that poker face. Look would at her face. Would she have named her, her protagonist Carson? I don't think so. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe she threw a brick at somebody named Carson once. Let's see mm. if we can make Quinn crack. She can't. She just... All right. So shall we vote? Let's vote. I want it to be real. I want it to be real so bad. <laughs> I think well, it Four? Only four thumbs four. ups. Is yeah. I see five. Four votes five. For real. Well, there were five. Mine disappeared. Five votes for real? Okay. Oh, there you go. Yeah, they don't okay, stick so around very long. These, oh, they don't. These, these oh, votes. Right. Okay, so uh, that was five for real, seven for fake, and that is a. Quinn? So the title is Bricklayer, yes. but it's fake. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I just made up a fake title, too. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so that has got to be your Kansas Fest hack That's fest away for next year. Next year. Yeah. It does sound pretty fun, though. That yeah. would be, yeah, mm-hmm. it's like, yeah, it's it's like Tetris from the opposite side. Yeah, it almost reminded, the description as I was thinking of it almost reminded me of uh, Fix-It Felix, mm-hmm. where you're climbing yeah. you're climbing up the building and then there's stuff falling down on you from above. Yeah, yeah where my head went was, uh, yeah. uh, Zookeeper, the arcade game is where my head was. Mm-hmm. Love so that I was game. Trying to, Trying to build on that. Keeper's a great one. Yeah. yeah. Oh, kind of well done. around in circles. And yeah. All right. So uh, that was Quinn. She got five points for that. And Ken, you are next. In the fantasy story, The Lord of the Rings, the party's quest is to rid themselves of a ring. In the eighth worst Apple II game ever, the party's quest is to find a ring. <laughs> Some marketing Succeed. blurb. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you. We're better than seven others. Eighth worst. To, to Eighth worst. To cor- yeah, right? There's actually so very little detail there. It's the uh-huh. eighth worst game, and you have to find a ring. And there's That's a party trying big. to find a ring. Lord of the Rings games existed on, like, every platform ever. Like mm-hmm. that's- And ripoffs of Lord of the Rings games. Yeah. Real or fake? Only all right, two. Looks like two. Two so votes two? for real. Okay. Okay. People don't trust Ken. <laughs> <laughs> he just has one of those faces. All right, Ken, uh, would you like to reveal your secret? Could you narrow it down a bit? I have so many. <laughs> well, your eighth worst secret. <laughs> this game was published in nineteen eighty two by Datamost. It's called The Missing Ring. Oh, and Softline gosh. readers in nineteen eighty four called it the eighth worst Apple II game. Oh, oh yeah. wow. So it was real. Okay. So factually true. <laughs> yeah. 
for wow. 10 points for Ken. Yeah, well done. I well was done. shocked when I found out how hated this game was because I <laughs> loved it as a kid. There are nine different party classes. You choose a party of five and you can you move each one separately. So you could even make it a five-player game if you wanted. At the time, person. had you played fewer than eight games, though? <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't think I was old enough to have played that many games. <laughs> so there you, you go. Need, you need to send us a link to that survey. Because uh, I want to see what the other, like the seven worst. Yeah, ones I want to see what that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I want to see what it was better than. Up next is Cat. Okay, so uh, the player is a teenage girl, and you follow a ball of white fluff around the world, collecting stuff to beat the end boss. See, that description sounds a lot like Charles's description of Pac-Man in the sense that it's very abstract, kind of intentionally so. Which leads me to think it's real, yeah, mm-hmm. because of that. But Ken just fooled me completely as well, so yeah. Yeah. I don't know what I'm talking about. The funny Ken's thing just, is, is I, I swear I've seen that game before. So the fluff game, I don't remember it. But could we hear the description one more time? Sure. The player is a teenage girl, and you follow a ball of white fluff around the world, collecting stuff to beat the end boss. I think you're just describing your childhood. <laughs> I mean, uh, I think I think I might know it. Her ball is of fluff's it? just off camera. It all sounds like a boy in his blob, but clearly. Okay, it's not. so uh everybody vote on one, two, three. Nine. So that was nine real? Yeah, it was nine real. So Blake, you think you know what it is? I do. Is it droll? No. It's yeah. fake. Uh, oh, okay. it's oh, like it is nice. a generous description of Magic Knight Ray Earth, which was an anime that did oh my gosh, was basically an RPG that hmm. did have a game made of it, but for like the Sega Saturn. Well done. That's nice. a strategy yeah. I wish I'd thought of. Do a vague description of a non-Apple II game. That's <laughs> genius. I sat there and tried to make up a game. <laughs> which is nice. way harder. Alright, so... Um, Earl is next. Okay. Well, mine is a hierarchical note taker, which permitted links between notes and color coding for priority released in 1984. So a note taking app with color coding for priority and links between different notes. Okay. Color coding is suspect because Apple II. Yeah, exactly. Mm. Because... We don't have colors per se. You could have gray or the other gray. That's that's right. Different shades of green. You can have blue and magenta. But Earl also really likes databases, and he'd know about a database in his wheelhouse. Yeah, I feel like this is another one of those Mm. just off to the left. Earl would know this. (laughs) But take a look at Earl's poker face. I I know. mm. (laughs) I think I've been wrong on everyone so far. Yeah, me too, I think. Yeah. Yeah, I haven't been this. keeping track of how many points you should be losing. <laughs> Good. All of you are amazingly bad. Oh, I'm doing terrible. And it's and the hyperlinking is suspect because I'm like I'm racking my brain how you would even do that on an Apple too. But again, a two GS, there was hyper. Maybe a two GS, yeah. Oh, are we including two mm-hmm. yeah, GS stuff? Eighty eighty four though. Nineteen eighty four. So eighty four, yeah, eighty four before the GS yeah, came the GS out. GS is eighty six. Mm, good point. Yeah. Yeah, the colors. I'm with Quinn on the colors. And there's relational databases by then, so... Okay. Yeah, lots. There was, like, Zoom racks. I was, like, eight when this stuff was happening. I mean, there was Profile and P2 
PFS yeah. and no, it could mm-hmm. be in low res graphics. It could be that could mm-hmm. cover it. All right. All right. So All right. uh ready to vote? Yeah, I don't like it though. <laughs> Three, two, one, vote. Probably wrong. Five. Uh, yeah, I see five. five. Thumbs up. Mm-hmm. Okay. So Earl, what was the name of that hypertext linking note taking multicolor program? So the name of my fake software <laughs> was Noteworthy 1.2. was even more fake. <laughs> Actually, it was less fake because fakeness no, is the desirable property. I think it got increasingly property. fake. Yeah, so yeah. it was increasingly fake. Because it started with the fake software, then it added some fake yeah, updates. It was real. <laughs> and then it became vaporware. vaporware. <laughs> <laughs> Evaporated. Oh, well played. Out of seven so far, we've only had two reels. So assuming even distribution, <laughs> we should have a lot more reels coming up. I think but they were I, assigned by random.org, so we yeah, can't assume that. Yeah, they were assigned randomly. We yeah. have no that idea. Is, that, is a lot of, that is a lot of assumption to make, Ken. <laughs> oh, I, I'm aware. I, I also okay. failed probability in college. If I were being really tricky, I would have told everyone to do a fake one. <laughs> and then hinted... And then hinted that there was only one fake oh, one. <laughs> that would have been awesome. I made us all vote before you reveal anything. If I were, if I were uh, a monster, a sadist. Yeah. If I were a monster. Okay. Uh, so next on the list is Joe. Yes. So untitled goose game, you say? No, the Apple II had it first with this equally mysteriously named game. Follow a goofy goose through a maze of puzzles to hone your logic and reasoning skills, and maybe have fun doing it? Rumor is that Warren Robinette worked on this game. Uh, Name dropping, okay. All right, Mm. that sounds a lot like... What was the company that made uh, Snooper Troopers and those... Mm. Spinnaker, yeah. Spinnaker, yeah, Spinnaker. I say that 100% sounds like a mech title. I I know there was a game with a goose in it, called Gertrude Secrets. Gertrude Secrets. And, and that was, was what I was thinking. Yeah. There was another Gertrude game too. Gertrude Secrets was what I was thinking too. There was also a game called Mazes of Rodentia where you were it was the idea you were going through a maze to hone your logic souls, but you were a rat, not a goose. Hmm. Are we voting are we guessing before we vote or I think we're ready to vote. Gertrude's a couple of those. Okay. So uh vote in uh three Two, one. Eight. I get eight as well. Okay. Uh, Joe. You were amazingly on point. I believe it was Kay who got the name exactly correct. It's Gertrude Secrets. <laughs> oh, nice. <laughs> yep. That's a bonus I'm, point to Kay. I'm down <laughs> with the goose mm. info. <laughs> down? Uh-huh. That's why. That joke was foul play, Carrington. So was Gertrude the goose in the game? Yes. yes. Or were you the goose trying to uncover Gertrude's secret? No, Gertrude was the goose. It's the learning company series. I think there's Gertrude's yeah. Yeah, puzzles company, that's Gertrude's what I was trying to think of. Yeah, not yeah. Spinnaker. It was a learning company. They did a lot of yeah, yeah. stuff like that. I was thinking right. mixed up Mother Goose or something, but that was like Sierra, right? Wasn't that yeah. like a King's Quest? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Mm, okay. Uh, up next is Blake. All right. I am the hero of an Apple II game of old. There are those that have seen me dashing through the night, the full moon glinting off my sword, 
my purple loincloth but a blur between the trees. I must contend with creatures of all sorts, ants, scorpions, jumpy things, lightning, eyeballs, but at least I have one ally. Very poetic. I have a guess. May I make a guess? We gotta vote first. You and I might have the same guess, Ken. I also have a guess. Wait, Kay Kay guessed before we voted last time. (laughs) It's very confusing. Yeah. 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 I'm guessing. I think you should guess. Whoever says the name of the title and gets it correct, I'll give you the bonus point. How about that? (laughs) These points are actually worthless. (laughs) The points are made up and nothing. Everything's made up. The points don't matter. They're they're worth less than Canadian tire dollars. Yes, yes. (laughs) Do I say it now or do I say it later? It's going to explode. Say it now. Say it. Say it. Conan, Hall of Alta. Yes, that's 100% Conan. A lot of us think it's Conan, yeah. Yeah. Yep. Okay. So, should we vote on that? Yeah. Um... All right, so vote in three, two, <laughs> one. Oh, Joe, you said it was fake. Everyone else said it was real. But Blake voted. <laughs> Blake voted, okay. <laughs> That's That's not not I, I, I can't, I can't. He is so convincing to himself. Yes. <laughs> you can Wait, lie so to yourself. Nine, was it nine or ten then? It was 14. <laughs> I think nine. Yeah, I it was, was nine. messing around. So it was Joe and who else? Rob, did you did you vote? Oh, yeah. I, I don't have a my. I'm on oh, Linux, you used your actual thumb. Yeah, I don't have. Yeah. A, I'm using Linux. I don't have the actual thumb button. They oh didn't give it yeah. to me. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. How have you been? Okay, so maybe we haven't been counting you. I've been watching Rob for. All right, we should start over. Mm-hmm. I think. Okay. I do not have enough processor cycles to make up another one. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so. Um, Blake, would you like to reveal your secret? It is indeed Conan Hall of Volta by, uh, what is it, Datasoft? Data East? Data Most? Yeah, Data, Data, Data something. Data something, yeah. Data I've, something. I've streamed it. That's why I'm like, I played this game on stream. Mm-hmm. So, uh, gotcha. yeah, Ken, get, Ken gets the bonus point um, for saying it first. But that and, was the most uh, poetic description. I think that Blake... Yeah, that was the description yeah. of Conan. Yeah, 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 that, that wasn't from the back of the box, was it? <laughs> <laughs> I thank you. I'm a poet. <laughs> so Blake and I both chose Datamost games. How about that? There you go. Good stuff. That was a very impressive game. It was a great game. Mm-hmm. It really was. Mm-hmm. That is one of the graphics scroll mm-hmm. behind the trees just blew me away. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's my so favorite good. Apple II game, actually, um, for whatever reason. It's pretty simple. You can solve it in like 40, 30 minutes, but... Oh, yeah. There are plenty of speed runs out there. <laughs> Says you. <laughs> <laughs> it's a fun one, though. Somewhere on my streams, I've played that. I failed to play that game. Yes, you can play it start to finish in 30 mm-hmm. or 40 minutes. Yeah. Whether or not you have to start more than once is it's up to you. <laughs> um, yeah, it's, it's definitely one of my favorite games, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, it looks like next on the list is Rob. All right. In this platform game, you're a spider climbing up drain spouts, lattice fences, and garage shelves, depending on the level. You can leave webs between two points and trap small insects. You must collect these insects for food while avoiding predators like birds and lizards. That sounds vaguely familiar. Yeah. Yeah, I know. That's exactly how I feel. By the one else is apple cider spider. It sounds cool. I remember that one more time. I missed the beginning. Oh, sure. Uh, in this platform game, you're a spider climbing up drain spouts, lattice fences, and garage shelves, depending on the level. You can leave webs between two points and trap small insects. 
You must collect these insects for food while avoiding predators like birds and lizards. Hmm. Any guesses as to what it might be? I, I think I, think I, I, I think might I not. Do. Go ahead. Um, I would guess apple cider spider. Hmm. Hmm. Never heard of that. Did you yeah. hear me say it like three seconds ago? But I don't hmm. think that's it because there's no. I would also have guessed. And that's that. a platformer, but there are drain pipes and stuff in that. It sounds like dynamics forever. With different sprites. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, it that's very well. exactly what it sounds like. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. I just think he had a hacked version of Centipede. Because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that one takes place in a like a factory type thing, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. It's been yeah forever since I played that. I played. I, I played it a couple weeks ago. <laughs> I'm going alphabetically through Total Replay. Uh, <laughs> Maybe a bird got into the factory or something. I don't know. Maybe. Well, if it's fake, I have to make this because it sounds good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. You guys ready to vote? Okay. And three, two, one. Re real. Oh. I count. Uh, did I see three? Uh, uh, trolling the process once again for those listening at home Ken is holding up a thumb but it's not his Mm -hmm. (laughs) so I saw three Uh, Rob would you like to tell us what the title of this game of this fake game Uh. (laughs) no I this is like my third attempt at trying to create a a fake enough game and this is the one I thought I would actually like to play if it uh, it it sounds great you should make that. <laughs> <laughs> Next K-Fest. Hackfest. Now, is, the, is there a, uh arcade game or an Apple II game where you do play a spider? It sounds like an arcade game to me, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's Black Widow, of course. Apple um, Cider Spider. Yeah, Apple yeah, Cider Apple Spider. spider. <laughs> spider. The one we all <laughs> that, thought that it was. The thing. one people thought it <laughs> yeah. was. Would mm-hmm. be the one. <laughs> there are spiders in Dino Eggs, but you're not a spider. But you don't play as the spider. Mm-hmm. You can no. evolve into one. But are there dinos in spider eggs? Oh, yeah. That's the question, like a, I guess. It's like a mashup of spider eggs, dino eggs, and hard hat mac. But this this uh, sort of mechanic of creating a web sort of in a kicks-like environment where you're mm-hmm. capturing things and stuff, it sounds... This could also, be a really good game, actually. Yeah, it sounds <laughs> great. I was, I was also thinking of the laser spider game where you have to, like, you have, like, the spirograph thing on either corner and you have to stay on the webs and, like, shoot. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah. Is there a link to a Kickstarter for this? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I do hope someone's taking notes on all these great game ideas. Some of these are. I think I we've really just become like, like Shark Tank. I have those notes. We'll invest in yours. You have funding. I feel like if you try to make mine, you're going to run into problems. <laughs> all right, up next is Chris. In this low res graphics game, you are a cute little pink pig. Little do you know, your tail is on fire and you're stuck in a burning building. Do you try to escape? Or pick up the cans of gasoline and cause more mayhem. <laughs> brought to you by the National Pork Council. <laughs> I was brought to you by Warner Brothers. It sounds, it's a good thing the Apple II doesn't have sound because that would be horrifying. <laughs> Apis pig squeals. Game's name is Sizzler. Sounds like an Atari 2600 game, actually. It does. Mm-hmm. I was thinking yeah. that yeah. Oink. Yeah, yep. there was an Activision I, game called Oink. I remember that. Yeah. And there was some pretty grim stuff towards the end there in the bargain bins. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, that could totally be a port of Oink. All right, so any guesses? It does not ring a bell for me at all. Nope. But I think Oink was laying bricks, not having your tail on fire. I think you're mistaking that for... Um, bricklayer. Oh, the bricklayer. 
Classic Carson yeah. the Bricklayer. Yeah. Yes, Carson <laughs> the Bricklayer. Classic, classic fake Apple II game. I'm at the point now, though, that if I if it doesn't at all ring a bell, I think it's got to be real. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, no, I'm being faked. Yeah. Maybe this it's a current is... game using the Lorez sprite library. Yeah. <laughs> I think Leon is the only pig game I've ever played. Oh, and as soon as you say that. as soon as you say Lorez, you open up like shareware volumes that go yeah. on and on, mm-hmm. which is the whole reason I did it. Uh, now, what if it were double low res? Or double low res. <laughs> then Dagan Brock wrote it. And, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Tap to flap. You guys haven't played the diabolical Dr. Dracupig? That was a game. All right, so not uh, about. any guesses as to the title? Or do you just ready to vote? All right, no, so everybody ready to vote? Fiery Pig. Hooyan. <laughs> Iron Pig, I like <laughs> it. All right, so uh, one, two, three, and vote. Too real. Carrington going out yeah. on a limb. Okay, so I, see, I, am, I am just staying out on the limb. <laughs> I see two thumbs. And Chris? All right. That game was Firebug, and it was written by Silas Warner, who also wrote oh. Castle Wolfenstein. Oh, wow. 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 Castle Wolfenstein. Wow. That's, uh, what? Wow, so windy that. on my limb now. Uh, <laughs> what? I did not know about the pig aspect of this. Yeah, I didn't know there was a no. pig in that game. The whole yeah, the main character. You are a pig, and you have a little like red snout and everything. How do you yeah. render the pig though? What's the, what's the color? What's the color scheme there? Pinkish, whatever. Yeah, pink, right? Orange. <laughs> was or magenta? Was like, I guess there was, was that. There's pink in Lorez. Oh, Lorez. Right? Oh, and fifteen. Yeah, yeah, Lorez, Lorez, Lorez you had fifteen colors. Yes. Yeah. Mm, okay. So oh, I think right. this that's was actually right. somewhat like of a controversial game too. They, I think he talked a little bit about this in his like 1992 Kansas Fest <laughs> talk. Yeah, he actually was uh, some city in Michigan that actually banned it because they thought it encouraged arson. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yes. Yes. All right. All right. Video games cause violence. This. <laughs> I'd like to think he was going, now that I have this sweet Castle Wolfenstein money, I'm going to do the game I really wanted to make. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I mean, that's, this is, this is sweet, my sweet auteur project. <laughs> this needs to be added to Total Replay, the next yeah. the next release. Yeah. Tell 4am in Cucumba. <laughs> I don't know, are there any low-res games on uh, Total Replay? I don't think so. No. Total Replay, uh, yeah, Flap, well, Flapplebird is, I think Flapplebird oh. is on there. Uh, yeah. uh, block, yeah. t- blockchain is on there. Oh, that's right. Blockchain oh, is in yeah. there. Mm-hmm. So at least two. That's, as, mm-hmm. that's, I'm only in the M's. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Actual commercial low-res games were very rare. Like, how yeah. many, there can't have been more than a few. I think Muse had a couple, though. I mean, like, uh, I think Three Mile Island, uh, wasn't that one? Yeah, Lemonade Stand. that one. Yeah, Three Mile Island, maybe, yeah. Yep. Yeah, when Silas Warner was asked about Firebug in the 1992 Kansas Fest talk, he segued into talking about Three Mile Island. He didn't talk about Firebug at all. <laughs> is Three wow. Mile Island a sequel to Firebug? In a, in a way, <laughs> <That's right. laughs> from Three Mile. Yeah, I don't This just keeps getting darker. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right. So, uh, last but not least, we have John Leake. Is anyone else not gone? Everyone else is gone. No, okay, so we've got John for wrapping it up. All right. Well, Paul, if you thought the last title was controversial what mm-hmm. about a remake of frogger but instead of a frog you've got a baby and the baby's <laughs> got to cross uh um a string of fireballs um a water hazard and a highway and and every time that you lose a life it's uh it's, it's kind of graphically uh demonstrated what would you think of that game paul 
<laughs> me. <laughs> you, specifically, you specifically. Forget the rest of you guys. Uh, this was an Apple II GS game. Yeah, are we allowed to guess at the titles now? Yeah, I, think, I, I want to so, guess yeah. too. I think this is senseless violence. Yep. Yes. Do, do you do you know the rest of the title? No. <laughs> Survival of the fetus. Oh my god. Oh no. <laughs> no. It does sort of seem oh, I shouldn't have said that yet. I yeah. guess. Uh, it's true. I vote. I vote real. I don't think it's real. No, I like I oh, like I want this to be some sort of bizarre homebrew. <laughs> I mean everything yeah. for the Apple II is homebrew. Yeah, yeah I mean it was shareware. Like by the really homebrew. Like you had to know yes. the right person every, on every, the right all, BBS voted, to get it. Pangea Software did yep. this. Yeah. Looking it up, I see it was Silas less Warner's last days. game. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Yes. Pangea did right. this? That yeah. is Pangea. amazing. Yeah, in the early days, they were doing weird things. And actually, the graphics are very good. Yeah, um, it is. It's wow. I don't it's think I'll be streaming that. Yeah. And they did a sequel, too. Yeah, there's a senseless violence too. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you use you die is what it's called. I haven't actually played that. <laughs> oh, one. Oh, it's about drugs. They also did copy killers, which was like Pac-Man against copy protection. Oh, there you go. Yes, wow. or pirates. Yeah, I am going to have to download this tonight. Yeah, uh, we'll, we'll see. <laughs> Another one for uh, Total Replay. Total yeah. don't play. I don't think there's any GS games on Total now, Replay. Now, if yeah. there is a, if you seriously, if, if we're gonna get Pangea, uh, if you've never played Xenocide. Really good. Yes. And, and, uh, they did a what was the name of their vertical shooter on the two GS? Um, it was so good. A bullet like a bullet. Orbizone? No, no, not Orbizone. Yeah, it's like a vertical bullet hell shooter. Um, oh, that's gonna bug me now. Firefall. It's, it's one of the best games on the two GS. No, okay. Yeah, let me know what it is because that is something yeah. I would be interested in failing at playing. I will, uh, I will stream this. Was it Orbizone or Quadronome? Cosmocade? Cosmocade. Okay. okay. I'll have to look for that one. Yeah, look for that one. Bonus point to Ken. Um, So who gets the bonus point for senseless violence? Because a couple people said it. I believe. Quinn. Okay. I think got it first. Yay. Yeah, I think I had a sort of like a a psychological analysis of that that went that uh, this had to be real because he wouldn't make that up. <laughs> yeah, you're right. You're, exactly. you're not wrong. Is too nice. You're not to wrong. You gotta have quite the fastball to pitch a 2GS game past Quinn, though. <laughs> mm-hmm. All right. So totaling up the scores now, we have. Um, okay, so there with the bonus points. Uh, all right. <laughs> Everybody so, got nine. Yeah, well, Chris, uh, Chris gets uh, nine points with Firebug because um, uh, nobody believed that a pig running around was uh, setting things on fire with gasoline cans. Um, Kay also gets uh, nine points with his uh, rendition of an educational game about, oddly enough, the Port Council. And uh, Kat also coming in with nine points uh, for her... What was the name of the anime? Uh, Magic Knight Ray Earth. Magic Knight Ray Earth uh, title. Uh, But Ken, of course, pulling it out in the end uh, with 10 points with his bonus point for uh, not not being able to convince anyone that the missing ring was really the uh, eighth worst title uh, ever made for the Apple II. So, uh, Ken gets nine points plus the bonus point, so he gets ten. 
Yay. Yay. And now I'm closing that Google Doc and never will speak of it again. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, I have to jump in here because uh, our listeners are screaming at their uh, players right now. Uh, So it was not Cosmicade. Uh, That was a different game. Um, That's actually a pair of games. So maybe it is one of the two. See, the problem is that uh, what is the Apple 2GS is down right now. So Googling anything about the 2GS when that site is down is impossible. You you have to go through the uh, uh, Internet Archive to get to their site right now. It's I'm. Hopefully yeah. everything is okay. Did Kansas Fest like DDoS? What is the Apple 2GS? No, no, no. It's been down for uh, at least a week and a half. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. So I have a screenshot here of the game I'm talking about, but it's in the in the Google image thumbnails. And so I can't tell what the name of the game is. But yeah, uh, I think it's part of the Cosmocade. So it's either Naxos or Calibus, one of those two games. But anyway. And this was also Ambrosia? Pangea. Pangea? Pangea, I think. Oh, Pangea. Sorry, sorry. Pangea. Yeah, Ambrosia was a, was a Mac... Uh, Publisher. Yes. Somehow I get them confused. They were sort of similar in their types of software. Pangea did a lot of uh, like 3D stuff. Yeah, Orbzone. Yeah. Uh, which is kind of a weird one. Bugdom. Okay, well, I mean, they list all the GS games here. Has anyone looked at the wiki? There's only eight. It's not Cosmicade, though. Quadronome? Well, so you said it was a top-down. Yeah, it's a a top-down vertical shooter. Um, Grackle? No, that's about seagulls. I think it's. uh, I think it's Journey to Calibus. Oh, I know what it is. Oh no, Xenocide is like the uh, alien. Yeah, that was the first-person shooter. Yeah, that was their only commercial product for the Apple II GS, I think. Yeah, all the rest were shareware. Somebody did an FPS on the GS. Well, no, 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 no. It's a. It's got part of its kind of uh, platformery. So part of its. Uh, the first part is kind of you're driving down a road and uh, aliens are splatting on your windshield. Yeah, it's sort of space carrier style, okay. like it's yeah. a first person shooter, mm. but it's like two D s- scaling sprites. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. That was Xenocide, but the one I'm thinking, the vertical shooter I'm thinking of is different. <laughs> I don't know. I think she's trolling us with a fake game. She's still playing. Gwen, <laughs> the game's over. The game for Gwen. Main yeah. character name was Carson. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the aliens were all fiery pigs. All right. All Amazing. Right. So what does everybody think uh, of the Bluff the Podcaster? This was, was super was good. fun. And yeah, it was cool. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. my gosh. This was super Definitely. fun. It's excellent. I took yeah, a risk good. by stealing an established... Uh, property and um making it my doing own. it with us oh no Hold i've on. seen other like <laughs> variety podcast shape shows do this game with gr- great success also i think the risk was trusting us to do homework ahead of time yeah <laughs> that was the real risk but, yeah. so the reason why i came up with magic knight ray earth is because i the, the the white ball of fluff is named makona and i have a plush of it sitting on the bed over here and i was looking around my office like oh, i can't think of anything i'm going to use this I did the same thing for Gertrude's Secrets. I just happened to have a copy of it up here. I'm like, that'll work. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so just so that our uh, listeners can finally sleep tonight, uh, I found it uh, on YouTube. So yes, it uh, it is part of Cosmicade, the Arcade of Tomorrow, released in 1990 by Pangea, and it is called Journey to Calibus. Uh, the Cosmicade package had two games in it, and uh, the, the vertical shooter was uh, Journey to Calibus. So. What was the other one? The other one is Naxos. I forget. Oh, yeah, I think yeah, yeah. I think that was the side-scrolling platformer where you're in cool. a spacesuit or something. I don't know. I don't remember that one, but Calibus was excellent. I so totally missed this one. The, the side-scrolling, that. that's the second part of Xeno. Oh, that's what I'm thinking of. Is yeah. The, yeah, the second Xeno part of Xenocide. Yeah. 
Yeah, we've got. I've never seen this. We've got the error meter and stuff. Mm -hmm. Error meter, yeah, so much fun. Anyway, Journey to Calibus, Cosmicade, strong recommend for two GS folks. Good to know. Oh no, I I, I'm totally like making mental notes of all this stuff to Mm -hmm. for for the stream. Yeah. Well, a couple of these are going to be Hackfest entries next year. Right. Yeah. Like, I definitely want to do the bullet hell on stream. I think those people like to watch people like to watch those yeah it's a great game it's a lot of fun the music is awesome gotta, gotta try out that fetus game we do try yes. to keep it friendly on my channel I try saying that you to just your gotta partner. watch out for the just gotta watch out for the pigs that are on fire hey honey wanna <laughs> play the fetus game <laughs> I, to be fair i haven't played it in Ouch. 30 years but i have a distinct memory that senseless violence was not a good game like it was no. it had the no. shock value so the teenagers right. loved it but it wasn't actually mm-hmm. a very good game yeah Exactly. There's a lot of that going around. <laughs> but that spider game, that needs to become a thing. Yeah. Right? Somebody's going to yeah. do that. That was a great idea. <laughs> I'll work on that for next year. I'm already designing Carson the Bricklayer in my head. <laughs> Just to prevent awkward silence, as is tradition, I will jump in and uh, see the remainder of the show. Pro tip, you can get Quinn to do anything with awkward silence. So, uh, yeah, let's, um, let's do the uh, traditional... What is everyone's favorite uh, part of KeyFest this year? Which is kind of an interesting question, being that it's virtual. Don't say the people, Carrington. (laughs) (laughs) I love the people. It's the avatars. It's the pigs. I guess speaking as as one of the organizers, the fact that it came off as spectacularly as it did with the very few technical hiccups that we had. Like, I think we were all losing sleep over how this was going to come off and it came off brilliantly yeah it was seriously better than it had any right to be remarkably good thank you question mark it was better than a lot of virtual conferences with 10x the budget yeah, yeah. definitely it's not easy to do something big and virtual and uh, yeah hats off to the kfs committee and for the first time it's not like we've been yeah. warming up to you know, oh, it was a small thing with a dozen uh, dozen people around Skype. You know, last year, and then you know it's ramping up and ramping up. No, it's it was suddenly five hundred people on a Discord server, on a Zoom webinar. All this new technology that a lot of the presenters I don't think had had interacted with until you know they had to. Um, but uh, yeah, it was great. You know, there was no technology barrier between you and the uh, and the people that were presenting. Uh, so I felt like. It was uh, uh, an astonishing achievement. Yes, and a surprising yeah. benefit for me was, uh, well, first of all, the attendance. I mean, because it was virtual, so many more people were able to attend. So there was just hundreds and hundreds of people uh, and a lot of uh, people who wouldn't have, who would never come to uh, to to the real one. Uh, so, like, I mean, John Carmack was here, which was crazy. Like, John Carmack was just kicking around in the Discord, talking to people. That happened. Yeah, no, it's it's true though that I really didn't quite know what it was going to be like. You know, we we sort of tried to to set it up, but I mean, like I just didn't know how it was going to go, and I think it went super smoothly and was a lot of fun. And you know, and it's over too soon, just like the real one. <laughs> does uh does Discord have a way of like showing a map of like where in the world everyone's connecting from? I would no, love to have seen I don't that. Think That's so. creepy. Ah, uh, yeah, no, Discord doesn't do that. That would be kind of cool. It feel- It'd be cool, but it's that's I mean, that's something like if we you could theoretically like write a bot to do like you would in an IRC channel. I was in an IRC channel where we had that one time like it. 
uh, it ma- mapped everybody on Google mm. Maps. There was a command that you would put in with like your city and state or your country or whatever. Ah, uh, got it. Um, so theoretically, you could probably write a bot to do it, but I don't think it's baked into Discord. You know, one of the things that I thought was really cool was the number of kind of first timers who mm-hmm. were just astounded mm-hmm. at the uh, depth of the talks. And I, you know, I saw so many people who were like, I can't believe people are doing this, you know, on Apple II. And my reaction was actually every Kansas Fest is like that, right? If you just come to them every year is like these astounding things. And for them, it was like this brand new revelation. So that was cool. Yeah, I was actually, this was my first, uh, you know, I I had never actually, I keep meaning to attend for the past 10 years. And eventually I I will, hopefully next year uh, in person. But yeah, it seemed like they uh, things got a lot more into the weeds as far as you know technical details and you know like I would be listening to something you know walk upstairs get coffee come back and then you're looking at like assembly listings <laughs> what was just being talked <laughs> about so yeah it was it was really um, I mean I, I'm sure if it's a week long and you're there in person you know you get a little more uh, you get a little more, you know more of a grip around things but it was it was quite quite I thought it was quite impressive being a, a first you know, first time, or there was no point, you know, where it was, you know, at all dull or, you know, things that I didn't really think, okay, well, this is not really my cup of tea, but still like it turned out to be interesting with this or that talk. So, um, I don't know if I'm the only one that hasn't been here before, probably. Yeah, I think in this, group, I think you might actually be. Yeah, actually. <laughs> Welcome to KFest. Yeah. Yeah, it will be interesting to see if uh, attendance next year is higher because of this. Like, this was sort of like a free trial KFest. Like, I'm a we- little afraid, actually. I know. The reality of the, the dorm and the yeah, food. Yeah, like, we have only so much space. Yeah, the food this year was amazing. I know, my bed. <laughs> Um, I my suggestion for the board for the the uh, board members hi that are listening is that um, you continue to do the virtual K Fest in parallel to the uh, in person K Fest because yeah, during all your free time yeah. <laughs> what you mean like every we, six months I don't think any of us have the processor cycles <laughs> well, I mean, to think uh, about but, this for a couple, for about a week right but I mean you you already do the streaming you know that would just be basically just throw the Discord up there uh, just. so people. <laughs> or, yeah, the streaming. And so you and so you have a hundred people on site, and then you have like three hundred people that couldn't make it on site, but they're able to interact virtually. And, uh, and you and, charge them for admission. Yeah, I yeah, think like that's a great idea. Like twenty dollars yeah, like access 20 to the bucks, Discord right. would be great. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. that's yeah. awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it would really you get help. the back channel for twenty bucks, and then you mm-hmm. can watch the. Yeah. You know, or if you don't want to, then you can watch the um, the stream on YouTube and. Um, and, yeah. and, you know, download the videos later. But if you want to interact live and have at least the virtual experience, then yeah, it's, you know, 20 bucks. And see, that's, a, that's a better idea than the one I had. I was thinking along the terms of events like MAGFest or Awesome Games Done Quick, where they do it twice a year. And you could do like a one day virtual Kansas Fest in February and no. then do a full on site no. Kansas Fest no, in July. Ken. Somebody I mute Ken. Somebody mute Ken. <laughs> did, I, did I not just say I prefer Charles's idea? Come on. Do not put yeah. that into the universe. Yeah. The Discord well, has been really kind of good though. I mean like it's yeah, the Discord I, worked very well. I think the only um uh I, I believe that it will last on. I mean that, that the only thing that I that kind of I'm hesitant about trying to lock it uh, for next year is that I think it's the new, you know, Facebook group or whatever, you know, like I, th- I think it's the place where everyone's going to be. So I don't know that we can ever lock it down again. 
Um, right. Although the question, I guess, is, you know, do we have, does somebody have to moderate it, right? Or can it? Yeah, and that's going to be the thing. Eventually moderating. Yeah, we're going to need people to keep an eye on it and moderate it. But then one thing, you know, like Ken, I'm on, uh, you know, like I'm I'm probably on 18, 20 20 discords and and, uh, the different ones, I mean, some are more, uh, you know, cleanly handled others are maybe just one or two are kind of a hot mess but the people in the community i mean after you you basically you know point out somebody uh you know these guys are prominent well they can be moderators and then they'll provide moderating to other people it seems like that might safely be able to happen without like an organizational you know tight uh, management of it but it, it seems to work in most of the discords that i hang out with and these are, are, are pretty loose groups uh, of people with with lots of attendance well so yeah. we, the behind the uh, behind the scenes has have there been that many problems on the discord this time around there were not, nothing major there were yeah. a couple okay. minor things but you can yeah. easily imagine that you just let it be totally free form mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. things could crop up. Yeah. Got yeah, it. I, I, I don't think I've ever seen a community that doesn't require moderation sooner or later. Right. And, and sure. But even the smallest charge is very effective at weeding out people. Like people don't aren't going to pay twenty dollars to go into a Discord and troll it. So uh, that, ah, that could point. be really effective. We might want to sever this from KFest. Um, and then it could be there's just the community. And I think the advantage to having it tied to KFest is that the Kansas Fest committee is a 501c3 or whatever as yeah. an organization can be responsible for whatever it uh, whatever it requires. It's it's worth noting that the Discord worked much better than the Slack channel that we tried a couple years ago. That kind of fizzled. Like, I guess it's still there. I don't know. Yeah, it exists. Oh, it is. But- yeah. It didn't. Ha- it didn't get seem to get the momentum. Like the Discord just blew up. Like it's just full of people everywhere. Yeah. Well, and I think that's just because that's the only option. Um, yeah. I'm. I'm a little worried about trying to. Like I, I like the idea of people being able to participate next year from remote locations, but I'm a little. I'm not sure how that's going to work because I think once you can actually walk around and go check out what's in people's rooms and stuff like that, it's no one's going to pay attention to the Discord except and the people in the Discord. And that's what I'm thinking. Uh-huh. Yeah. That's yeah. Like, that's, that's, I think do, that's um, what happened with the Slack. I was thinking was about this actually last night. Like, that yeah. was the problem with the Slack. And yeah. somebody said, you know, I, I feel bad about you posted the Slack, you posted the email list that I need to go to Walmart or whatever and people don't see it because Nobody we're not, everybody's now. in front of their computers the entire mm-hmm. time for this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Everybody's pretty unplugged when you're there, which is part of the appeal. The last year when I got home from KFest, I had, like, I didn't check my Destiny Clans Discord for, like, the entire week. I just, like, marked the whole thing as red and, and it was a complete wash. Yeah, and with, with regard to the streaming, I think there's a challenge there. Like, if we offer a virtual option that's, like, $20 streaming, the streaming is kind of by the skin of our teeth every year at the real K-Fest. Like it barely works because like Jason Scott or someone else is willing to kill themselves trying to make it work and running Ethernet cables to the basement and craziness. So we, you don't really want to set yourself up to uh, to guarantee that to people because they've paid $20 for it. You know, like it's a nice it's a nice gravy on top of real K-Fest, but it's hard to commit to that. This was definitely uh, a fair amount of work, right? As as much work as a regular Kansas Fest, but maybe just a little bit more compressed. And so I don't think we would even want to do like the webinar version of, you know. Well, and just the infrastructure at Rockhurst just has historically not been good enough to offer that service. Like they're just, their internet is terrible (laughs) Mm -hmm. and it goes down constantly. And yeah, the sheer power of Jason Scott is required to keep it running at all. 
<laughs> I think Jason was actually suggesting like bringing in a, a mobile, uh, like a hotspot on a truck or whatever to, <laughs> to help. With the yeah. They call those, um, they call them cows <laughs> <laughs> to sell on wheels. In Canada, we call them fiery pigs. Fiery pigs. <laughs> Aside from the whole Discord thing, I, I found this experience last two days bittersweet. It was, it was better than no K-Fest, but I couldn't walk up to my friends and give them a hug and hang out with them in, in real, you know, in the dorm room and, and have yeah. hour long conversations. And yeah, after missing last year's, I was, I was really looking forward to, uh, to getting to see everyone in person this year. So yeah, yeah this, but this is, this is pretty darn nice. Just being able to see everyone has been pretty awesome and hanging out in the, uh, uh, one of the video rooms on Discord last night was pretty cool, but it, yeah, it, it's a, uh, it's the Lacroix of, uh, <laughs> that's a good <laughs> metaphor. Yeah. I like that. The water. It's like, well, it, it's okay, I guess. Yeah. I gotta say when the zoom, um, when the zoom shut off tonight at the end of the webinar and it started and just, you know, everybody just started disappearing out of the, the presenter list, I started to get kind of misty. I was like, I'm not going to maybe see some of these people for a year and then yeah. I was getting sad. Yeah, it was sad when mm-hmm. Peter was like, well, I guess that's it. Uh, <laughs> click. No, gotta go, go home, but you like, can't stay here. Yeah, I didn't have the wind down that you get with Real K-Fest, everybody packing up. and <laughs> There's that closure well, and I have a 14-hour drive yeah. home. Yeah, so, closure, yeah. yeah. <laughs> go sit in your car in the garage for 14 hours. Like, <laughs> with a lot of events, I think people worry that if you open it up to um, the general public to come virtually for just 20 bucks, then the event won't yeah. be sustainable because everyone will do that. But anybody uh, who's gone to Kansas Fest knows it is not remotely the no. same. I mean, it's great to have access because if you couldn't go or, or whatever, then you get to have this. But Kay's right. Like it's not, mm-hmm. it's not the same no. as actually I, I being there. Once guys. you have a taste of being there, there's no substitute. We had the, uh, that exact same concern when we started streaming the event. Why would anybody come if they can just watch it live in real time on video from home? And what ended up happening was people would watch the videos from home and say, I want to go to that. And attendance went up. Exhibit A. Exhibit A. (laughs) (laughs) And it's less scary because you've seen some of the people. I think my my guess is that probably a better strategy is just to stream it, not try to charge for it and just, you know, do what we've done before. You know, yeah, Um, it seems to be working. One interesting thing about the virtual version of this, uh, I was talking to a a fellow K-Fester and good friend and I'll keep his name out of it just in case, but uh, he was saying, so he's one of those people who uh, the sessions are not what this is about for him. He just sits in the lobby mm-hmm. for the entire week, uh, you know, and people come through and you talk to people and you work on projects all night or whatever. Uh, so this was sort of like, if you're, if you're not a sessions person, this was a very different and possibly yeah. lesser experience. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's, I, that, no. I, I would say that this Kansas Fest was not about how well things were done compared to being there it was about what was missing like the session aspect as quinn just pointed out in my experience this year was one-to-one with being on site you know i don't feel like anything was missing from the session the scheduled component of kansas fest it was everything else that was missing that, that i really felt going out to dinner hanging out with friends yep. uh yep. playing the going games. to buy postcards Mm-hmm. And you're getting frozen yogurt. That's right. The smell. <laughs> yeah, we, were, we said that, that in, in one of the video chats the other night. We need candles that smell like isopropyl alcohol and leafy yeah. caps. And I, I believe somebody was mentioning, yeah, you have to make sure to go take a very cold shower early in the morning uh, yeah. mm-hmm. just to get the full effect. Yes. 
should make one salad with somebody in the watching of the week you and then just eat uh, it. Yeah, I left my oven open the whole time just <laughs> oh, get that's the atmosphere hang up here. Because mm-hmm. I should have left my soldering iron on just for the fumes. Yeah, for that ambiance. <laughs> so yeah. speaking of the sessions, um, what was everybody's favorite session this year? Misty make. Mm-hmm. That's good. That's high up on my list. Yeah. yeah, that's really high up on my yeah, that's list. Because that's, that's I should stream this. <laughs> I mean, I'd already read all about it and just yes, and I was still impressed. Mm-hmm. Reading was, about it and seeing it were two very different things. That's kind of an OS and uh, user interface nerd. Uh, I kind of like the A2 OS X presentation. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that thing is cool. That was cool. I think the uh, the one by Tomas, the Apple II emulator, that was yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, that, that was, was amazing. That was slickly produced. Yeah. So that was yeah. so that one was the um, Steve II emulator, yeah. right? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Not to be confused with the online eight uh, bit workshop, yeah, which was, was also pretty impressive. I was about to call that one out, eight bit workshop. That one kind of came out of nowhere for me, and that was really impressive. I I love that where uh, you think the emulator problem is solved, and then someone comes along and just has a totally fresh take on it uh, and mm-hmm. like it was a few years ago when uh, someone had the emulator where you could rewind time oh yeah and that just blew everybody's minds like how in 30 yeah. years of writing emulators has nobody done that yet and it was such a good idea i think he never finished that but, uh, but that was uh, tom tom yeah, right yeah. it's the ie yes yeah. that's right yeah, yeah. Well, uh, i have to say your your table reads the table reads <laughs> those were both so funny <laughs> Glad you enjoyed them. The challenge there was with without hearing, being able yeah, to hear audience laughter. It's oh, like playing in yeah. the room, and yeah, I that's yeah, really had no idea if they were working or not. The aspect of that is very difficult. Presenting on Zoom is very tough. It really is. The uh, Knox Archaeist one uh, just keeps me oh. excited. Got me excited, and they have just sustained excitement for so long. I, I can't wait. For I think your name is in the credits, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Uh, Acknowledgements. I saw it. Uh, for kickstarting yeah, it, probably, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah for, even, for when the the, even when Apple II games were coming out new, I was not as excited about seeing a new Apple II game as I am about all the updates to Nox Arcade. I agree. Mm-hmm. And I didn't play many RPGs when I was playing stuff. It was maybe Bard's Tale was one of my entries into that. But it's like, I mean, just the graphics on it, the performance on it. And it's like they're getting all of this out of just a, a standard machine. They're not like requiring eight megs of RAM and all this stuff. So amazing, but as Quint pointed out in the in during the session chat, what's amazing is to see this like eight bit period accurate game that has modern gaming things. Like it starts off with yeah. tutorials. Yes. <laughs> so it's like oh my yeah, god, the modern design sensibility of it, I love. Like it's a soft start. It's approachable. You know, it's three clicks to gameplay. Like it's the kinds of things that we do in modern game design, and it's all in there. And, you know, the push pull tutorials. Like it's yeah, it's really nicely designed. And I, I have the a, microtransactions I could do without. Yeah. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm, I'm, waiting, I'm waiting for it to pop up and say, would you like to skip this fight? Yes. They are the, <laughs> if so, let us mine Bitcoin. <laughs> the, the rewarded video, yeah, is a little much. Um, no, but uh, yeah, I have a confession to make. I'm very, I'm a very bad Apple II community person. I had not yet uh, purchased Nox Archaeist. So uh, literally in the middle of this year's presentation, uh, I pre-ordered the Collector's Edition. Uh, I think it was actually, Chris, when you were showing uh, the manual. I think that might be, that was the straw that broke my uh, bad Apple II owner's back. Uh, that manual looks so nice. Um, it's but, very nice. Yes. He did a very bad job of hiding the cover. No, I think I showed it like twice. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Mark's going to kill me. Yeah. No, no, it was, it was like that little secret reveal. Oh, I shouldn't have shown you. <laughs> 
Oops. <laughs> I want that cloth map. The team, you almost lost me when you revealed that Burger Becky is doing a 2GS version because I almost want to wait for that. But uh, yeah, I'm not going to. But uh, yeah, it's, it's, I'll, why wait? The, get both. Yeah, yeah exactly. I, I'm sure I will. I'm sure I'll yeah, get both. Joe, yeah, Joe, you, you nailed it. Yeah. Another one, another session that uh, came out of nowhere for me, but I'm actually really interested in was uh, Selim Abraham's one, the Greasy Graphics mm-hmm. Library, mm-hmm. um, Loris Sprite Work, that looks really approachable if you want to knock out a. Uh, uh, low res game and now you've got sprites it's like take that atari people (laughs) we've got it too bring it i really enjoyed um hearing about that one low res was the first entry point for me in the apple II world and i've always loved low res graphics i remember i went to a computer store or this this was late 70s and they had this great low res game on display and i don't remember much about it other than it was just really visually appealing and uh, so I went back and programmed some low-res graphics, and that sprite and background library looked like it would really come in handy. Yeah, and he's a he's a great example of, of someone who might not have made it to a real K-Fest, but he was here, and he had all these interesting new ideas. His HackFest entry was fantastic. Like, mm-hmm. he's the kind of guy who you would think you'd heard a lot from in the community, but, you know, now we get to, you know, interact with new all these new people because of the virtual na- uh, nature of this year. Mm, good point. Yeah, I was just looking through the the session list to try to think of what to talk about, and like there wasn't a bad one, <laughs> so I can't I can't eliminate any from that. They were my all list. Yeah, everybody true. did a fantastic job. You know that goofy guy that did those you know those lights that go in the Apple II that was really cool. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Joe, I have to say you're an awesome presenter. I mean, I like your YouTube channel, but yes. uh, yeah, yep. yeah, thank you. Keep, keep doing I what try. you're doing. Sort of. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing all the clear cases that everybody is getting this year once the um once the clear cases actually get out to uh, get in people's hands. Absolutely, and what people are tricking them out too. Mm-hmm. I bought one of your uh, the colored the light to your above your right shoulder, uh, the Apple. Uh, d- while you were uh, presenting it, I actually got online Thank and you. did that. So that'll be cool to put together. And I'll say while I'm talking, I thought that the uh, another one I really liked was the uh, Out of This World, Another World. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh yeah, you know, Burger Becky. Oh, yeah, Becky uh, has piece. the best stories. Well, especially yeah, good, since great it, stories. the performance is so the performance is so good on it. You know, given you know the GS's limitations, and I thought it was particularly interesting that fill mode wasn't used. Like I, I was, that was one of the examples. I you know would. I remember being aware of that. I've done blog posts about the fill mode. It's like, oh, well, you know, here it enabled this, but now she didn't use that. So, uh, <laughs> and she told why. So that was interesting. Yeah, fill mode is very interesting. I mean, as a sort of recent 2GS game programmer, uh, I also fell into the siren song of it. And yeah, I'm sure they had in mind polygons when they implemented it. Uh, but it, it's, it seems like such a good idea and like every 2GS programmer tries to use it for something and then you get into the details of it and it just doesn't, it never ends up being worth mm-hmm. it. And, uh, it's yeah. such a funny thing. It's the only hardware acceleration to the GS's graphics chip. I yeah. believe. I think yeah. it's the only thing it does that helps you. Uh, exactly. Right. Yeah. yeah. That's it. I like yeah. Ivan's tale of telling the, st- the finishing the game yeah. that has been playing for 36 years. <laughs> Time- wow. Yeah. That was yeah. amazing. Yeah. Game that came on. 128 floppy disks or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I hope that uh, Becky's uh, Out of This World implementation is covered on, I don't know if you, anybody reads Fabian's Landguard, I think is his name. I'm sure I'm butchering that, but he's got a blog, a very technical blog. He covers game engines. So he's done, uh, you know, gritty breakdowns of Doom and, and various other uh, engines. And he did a, a great series about all of the ports of Out of This World or Another World. 
and all of the implementation details of each one because it's implemented completely differently on every platform to get around the various limitations of each platform. And he's covered every port except Becky's. So I'm really hoping that uh, that he corrects that. Apparently, he did reach out to her and she sent him everything for him to write his article and then he never did. So I don't know what's going on there. But if you're listening, Fabian, I'm calling you out right about <laughs> Becky's implementation. Whatever your name is. Yeah, I was going to say the about um, Ivan's... Uh, presentation about uh, what was it called time zone yeah. that uh, requires uh, 12 or 14 disc <laughs> sides. He actually in the chat later on, he said he has 14 floppy drives that he purchased for the purpose of doing it on real hardware. <laughs> nice. Wow. He, I want to see a picture the, of that. Yeah. The problem is that those, those are like physically separated from him where mm. like, he can't actually work on them right now, but the idea of building uh, a floppy disk raid is just uh, for, uh, fomenting in my mind right now. Uh, I can't imagine how much every power. Slot gets a disk yeah, seven, yeah. Only seven thing I slots, four. two disks per slot. Oh my gosh. That's a yep. lot yeah, you can do it. Yeah, twelve disk sides plus a save. You get one spare. Oh no, no, I'd build a, I'd, I'd build a power supply just to put all the, and probably do it on duo disks instead of disk twos because they're more compact. But the. Um, yeah, the idea of of powering them is the only thing that's really yeah. I suppose it's still only accessing one at a time. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. True. So then, right. All but running. the idea of having like a having a a two or three megabyte Prodos volume separated yeah. physically across fourteen discs, <laughs> two megabytes. It would be, it'd be, it'd be oh. really striped or raid three or raid yeah. one. <laughs> Stripe for performance. Yeah, raid yeah, zero, for raid one, raid. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh, I'd like to call out uh, Alex's presentation on modern uh, video solutions. Yes. I yeah. was like, where were you last August yeah. when I was doing all mm-hmm. of this? And and you would think that there's no more to say on that topic because, you know, we've all, we all talked to death about how to display video on modern uh, devices with the Apple II. Frankly, some KVEST is all I talk about with people. Uh, but it's always changing, and that's the problem. Like, the solutions that worked... Like, I have things I've bought at KFest from three years ago that no longer work because they relied on VGA or they relied on some other thing that now I don't have anymore. So the problem keeps shifting over time. And so we do, frankly, need every couple of years this presentation again so we can mm-hmm. all figure out how to plug in our current TVs or whatever. And, um, and you know, or like the Night Owl that we, we've all been using is no longer available. So as those die, we're all going to be stuck again. So uh, his presentation was great, and he cost me $130. I bought one of those uh, TVs that he recommended. Uh, I will say I spent more money on this K-Fest than I have in any previous one. <laughs> I think of all the money you saved traveling. Yeah, but you yeah, I guess, yeah, yeah. honestly, exactly. yeah. You didn't have to travel. So Just sitting in front watch. of Amazon and Kickstarter while people are talking, it's like, ooh, click. Oh. Yeah, so my... Uh, are you going to uh, paint it to match your 2C? Uh, yeah, probably, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, speaking of you and the 2C, a few years ago I got from you the um, the Mega Beep yes. you made. Mm-hmm. And I was looking for it a while ago because I'm gone all virtual, but I'm like, I hang on to those little bits because you never know when you're going to want like a thing if I go back to... And I was like, where the... Oh, I can't, I've lost it. I can't find it. Well, I found it during this Kansas <laughs> Fest because right after I bought it from you, I tucked it into <laughs> my, um, uh, you, my little name holder you and your- bingo... Man, nice. One, nice. So I stuck on my name badge to feel like I was at Kansas Fest and tucked inside it is the Quinn Donkey Maker Beep. So nice. I'll just tuck it away and forget all about it again for another four years. Paul, uh, your your talk on the uh, um, solutions for the Apple III uh, was very good. And I I was very excited to hear that the booty will work in the Apple III because uh, mm-hmm. I uh, 
I've got an Apple III and I've never actually gotten to get it to work. I was never sure whether it was a floppy issue or, or what. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to giving that a try. Yeah, that's been kind of neat. This I like this. I learned about the booty this year. I didn't know about it, and that's another good example of a topic you would think that we have run out of things to say about virtual storage. But uh, again, it's a problem that keeps shifting. Like, yeah. can't get compact flashcards anymore, so those solutions are all mm-hmm. dead. And even regular SD cards are getting harder to get. And the Flash Air thing went away, and the, you know, uh, and it's cheap. Ra- it's, yeah. a, it's a cheap bit of kit. Yeah, 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 that's mm-hmm. the surprising thing. It really doesn't cost very much once Chris ships it from Australia, at least. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that's the only problem. It's been definitely neat though to have like to, to see the kind of the little bit of three enthusiasm that that uh, this has brought. I mean, you know, maybe 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 this is the year that the community builds. <laughs> oh, I see it <laughs> down there. Talk about the Apple Three, Paul. I learned something new about the Apple Three, and it's like my knowledge of the Apple Three is building and building and building. Um, but each of the new things that I learn is another reason why I don't I don't want anything to do with it. Yeah. I don't want anything to do with that. <laughs> Because it won't run. It has to have drivers. And you lost me at drivers. Yeah. Yeah. You won't plug in like regular peripherals without having some. Oh, no, 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 no. Um, but then it's like, oh, there's something interesting that it can do now. But but then all the other things. No, no. Yeah. Every time Paul talks about the Apple III, I come closer and closer. I'm going the other way to writing something for it because of the graphics. Every time you talk about the graphics modes, like all these colors and and like sprites, like software fonts. And I'm like, this sounds great. Like, I want to write stuff for that. But previously, the barrier has been emulation. There isn't any. So it sounds like that's basically solved yeah. now. Is that I true? So. Yeah. Yeah. They're they're working hard to make it, you know, totally accurate. So uh, MAME, at least, does a really good job. I can't go back to developing on real hardware. So there has to be emulation right. for your platform yeah. or I won't touch it. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, they, they do try to emulate every chip. And that's why it's taking so damn long. As a recent acquirer of two broken Apple IIe's or Apple III's, sorry, I'm really looking forward to uh, you know what's what's coming down the pipe for Apple III's. Well, speaking of uh, hardware emulation, uh, 8-Bit Workshop simulating uh, Verilog, like that, he buried the lead on that. Like that, just my head exploded. Like the Can you possibilities. Go into what Verilog is for those of us who are not. Uh, so yes, yeah, so a Verilog um, or uh, a, a popular alternative is VHDL. Uh, it's a hardware description language, and basically, it's what modern hardware designers use for designing chips it's it looks kind of c like uh but it's uh, everything is happening simultaneously because it's hardware so you have to be da- you have to be careful about looking at it like you would see but uh basically it's yeah it's hardware description language and uh you you can uh use it to create fpgas and and other types of ics and um so what he's doing with 8-Bit Workshop is you can put Verilog in it and simulate any hardware that doesn't exist yet. So if you're going to make an FPGA, or for example, I made an uh, you know my 8-Bit Computer Veronica, which got me to my first K-Fest, I could yeah. actually write an emulator for that in his uh, development environment, which is kind of mind-blowing. Yeah, I thought it was, it just sort of mentioned it. I was like, yeah. wait, wait. <laughs> Did I, did I hear yeah, it you log. So I can just so whatever. Like, now it, em- it emulates just do some everything. Chip designs. Now. <laughs> like, yeah, it emulates everything, yeah. including things from the future. Yeah, like as soon as you've got that, yeah. you've solved the problem. Yeah, that went right over my head. <laughs> yeah, he said he said something about being able to emulate a peripheral before you actually build the peripheral, or yeah, and that, mm-hmm. like I said, just went right over my head because it was I didn't understand. But yeah. now I'm gonna have to go back and watch the presentation again. Mm-hmm. See, um, us old kids, we used knowledge. to use breadboards and circuits and wires, <laughs> and now you just put it in a program and it does it. Yeah. 
Yeah, if you're going to develop an IC, you write it in something like Verilog or VHDL, and then you simulate it in something like Spice, and it you simulate uh, at what they call the net level, where you're simulating how the signals are passing through the gates and through the flip-flops, and you simulate it that way, and then you can produce uh, a prototype of the chip on an FPGA, and you can do your integration testing and so on, and then if that all works, you can go and you can make an ASIC out of it and so forth. So he's basically skipping all those steps and he's going directly from Verilog to software environment. You know, he's skipping 30 layers of the stack, which is crazy. And it's in JavaScript, which (laughs) the future is so weird and interesting. If we're all quiet for a while, Quinn will have to do something. I guess I'm going to MC this thing. Uh, (laughs) I figured out how we could make a ton of money, by the way, by combining sessions. You guys caught that, right? Because you had the Bitcoin session where Mm -hmm. at the end they said it'll take trillions of years to mine a Bitcoin. But then you had Steve, too, that speeds it up by a factor of a thousand. So, hey. You're down to billions of years. I, I, you know. Just billions. Cha-ching. (laughs) <laughs> you could write a Bitcoin miner in Verilog and simulate it in 8-Bit Workshop. Yep. Step four, go. profit. I mean, uh, that's probably how you would have to create a new ASIC anyway, right? So yeah. you just skip the actual making of the ASIC and emulate it. And yeah, perfect. Everything is a software problem. There's no problem in computer science that it cannot be solved by another layer of indirection. Exactly. <laughs> yes. And the three hardest problems in computer science are naming things and off by one errors. <laughs> off by one. Off by one. <laughs> and or cache and validation, depending on how you ch- tell the joke. All right. So any other favorite sessions people want to call out? No, no one's talked about the uh, the amateur radio one. Oh, yeah. That oh, was yeah. interesting. That was, that was something that, you know, I, it's a topic that I just don't think about. But uh, I guess Earl thought about it a little bit. Well, I did that back in the day. I I had a terminal node controller and hooked it up to old 8-bit computers, and it was a ton of fun. I didn't know how much people were doing that today, especially with the retro computers, but that would be really fun to get into. The other factor is how much activity is in your local area if you're using the frequencies that don't go hundreds or thousands of miles if you're just using the line-of-sight stuff. But... Still, it is a great presentation. And I did take a look at eBay, and you can find some of those terminal node controller, kind of like a radio modem devices out there. Do you also need a big antenna, like if you were doing ham or something like that? The antenna that you need depends on a number of factors. One is the frequency range you're using. There's frequencies that go hundreds or thousands of miles and other frequencies that are more attuned for line of sight. If you're using the line of sight frequencies, uh, VHF, UHF, you don't really need a gigantic antenna for those things. Having it way up in the air is helpful, but it doesn't need to be one of those enormous antennas that you see. Actually, even with the other frequencies, you can get away with a smaller antenna. It's just that you probably won't have as efficient of a radio experience. Depending on your power, you can get into standing wave issues in the transmitter itself if it's shorter or longer than quarter wave and stuff like that too, where it could yeah. burn up the radio. And but I mean, but if you're transmitting a couple watts, it's like it doesn't really matter. I think it is interesting to hear about these things just because the you know like this involves equipment that I'm not gonna that I, I will never own. <laughs> sort of like MIDI talks, <laughs> you know. It's like it's kind of a neat idea, but I'm not gonna go buy a big synthesizer just so I can try this out. 
On the equipment side, software-defined radio has really opened up a lot of this. Like, again, speaking of emulation and making everything a software problem, uh, SDR has done a lot of that for amateur radio, where now you can kind of simulate a lot of the stuff that used to take a big stack of gear behind you. Okay. So uh, what it sounds like to me is Joe, Quinn, and Earl, you're starting a new podcast about amateur radio. <laughs> that they will broadcast from their radio station. I could download it off of the air. Yeah. Over the air podcasts. Well, that's what the next big thing is. I am not a ham. You're not a ham? Quinn, I'm surprised at you. I know many of them, but I am not one. My that's radio it. experience ends at about uh, Wi-Fi for local internet uh, access as a fixed Wi-Fi or ISP solution. So you can talk about ham stuff, but. Mm-hmm. And Quinn, you can't tell us you don't have time to do that because you put a new Blondie Hacks video up during Kansas Fest. So it's like, how, <laughs> how do you uh, have time to do that? Well, that one was cued, but yeah, uh, oh, it's okay. not easy. We'll like, say. What? Yeah. Um, yeah, ham is one of those interesting things that dovetails very well with retro computing because they're kind of at the same technology level, mm-hmm. like in the same way that like Arduino stuff dovetails really well with retro computers because they're also kind of at the same technology level. And I think the only reason we don't hear more about it in retro computing circles is that ham people are kind of a pretty tight knit group that don't tend to intersect a lot with uh, with other groups, maybe, but there should be more of it. One of the best places to get old retro computing hardware is at Hamfests. Mm-hmm. That's true. That's true. That's I've heard true. that often. Yeah, and uh, yeah, I've gotten a lot of interesting stuff at uh, our. We have a local swap meet here uh, near where I live, uh, and uh, yeah, there's a lot of interesting old computer stuff there, and old oscilloscopes and test meters and just random weird electronics and things. I uh, I miss being able to go to the school sales and get old <laughs> equipment. Yeah, they uh, you know all the old equipment's gone. You yeah. know it's. It's newer old equipment, and I don't care about that. Yeah, nobody wants yeah, all the old equipment's to- gone because you took it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what, well, you no, don't want all their you don't want all their old Windows Seven boxes. Yeah, nobody wants a 2010 <laughs> PC. <laughs> and once we hit Windows 95 and uh, OS X, it's like, eh, who cares? Well, if there's a garage sale giveaway next year, then it'll have piled up an extra year's worth of stuff. That's true. That's yeah. true. So it, actually, I mean, it was gonna be it was gonna be a big one this yeah. year. Yeah. Um, which means it's going to be a, a big one, big one plus a little. I know I've year. got stuff I was going to going to be bringing uh, back. You know, I got, I got to play with it for a little while, and I'll bring it back for the next person. So, can someone on the committee talk about that a little bit? Like the garage giveaway has kind of changed into something else, right? Because it's no longer Sean Fahey's garage, right? So, w- what is it now, and uh, what can we expect next year from it? I think Sean and James are no longer like trying to officially be in charge of it, but the reality is that they're still kind of the keepers of a lot of that stuff in the sense that, you know, James has a lot of room for stuff and so does Sean. And so they've gotten, you know, we actually did get a couple collections this past year that we were planning on bringing. Mm -hmm. And so that stuff is still there, but I think they would prefer to not be the ones who are, you know, officially in charge anymore. And Mm -hmm. I think that the community knows that, that they are the ones that you go to if you have like, Hey, I've got this collection they're now like cemented in people's minds as this is who takes care of this. I think it still is, you know, kind of um, an event though. Like if you have stuff that you want to unload, mm-hmm. you can presume that Kansas Fest is a place to do it. Um, oh yeah. 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 It's so, always going to be there. It's just yeah. never, it might not be, it's not going to be like James rolls up with his giant truck and trailer, but I think it's, there's always going to be that, Wednesday morning or whatever, everybody goes and dives into this pit of stuff and comes out with new toys. Mm. Yeah, so I think it it sort of has to do with 
you know, if like, I think the, the fact that we had a bunch of stuff this year, uh, just had to do with a specific collection becoming available and, you know, saving it, you know, and, and so that won't necessarily keep happening. But if we do get like a hundred new people next year, maybe we can finally get rid of all those like boxes and boxes of tangled cables. <laughs> yeah. Nobody's taking those or the image writers, but we can maybe fool them. Everybody should have at least have two to. image writers, right. yeah. like in your house. That's right. You never it's a know. Ten chord limit. You got. You come in. You got to take ten chords. That's right. Everything you get must also be accompanied by an image writer. And you don't get to pick which ten chords. Yeah, we just, just throw ten, ten chords at you and call yeah. it a day. It does seem though that like uh, the giveaway will kind of evolve into a just a swap meet of some yeah, sort. Yeah, that's right? basically I think what yeah. we've always figured on it being. Yeah, it, uh, I hope it continues in some form because I think it's a big draw for a lot of people, especially to their first K Fest. They want an Apple II and exhibit that's, A, exhibit A, exhibit yeah. A. <laughs> yeah, it was. And then by your fifth or sixth, you're like, oh, I cannot take any more stuff. <laughs> oh, I said that yeah, last just... year, and there's a G3 sitting here that, which it looks so sad, and and I took it. Blue and white. The blue. I yeah, I took the blue and white. I love the blue and white. Yeah. I have the blue and white, and I have the adapters to stream with it. So I could theoretically stream off of it. Yeah, there was that period in the Mac history where it was actually a little bit hard to get the video out. <laughs> well, this is, it's, I have a VGA to HDMI converter. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. That'll no, just I had run a lot right of, I had, There's trouble getting it to VGA, though, in the first place. But is it, oh, this yeah, one is has it the VGA. right 15 pins? Yeah, oh, my yeah goodness, it's yes. this, it works. I've tested it, it works. So it's, yeah, that that's set up and able to happen if I have too many things to stream and not enough time to stream them. All right. Well, uh, any uh, other topics people want to cover before we wrap it up? If you if you wrap it up, then Kansas Fest is over. So I say we keep going. No, <laughs> I am dying, y'all. I'm going to read the phone book over here. Uh, yeah. Aaron Aronson. <laughs> and the Discord uh, audio chat is still available. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I was just about to say, the next it's... thing I'm going to do is go into the audio chat and, yeah. and just like listen for a little while. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. um, honestly, if it's, if it's, you know, a bunch of people kind of meandering through and saying, Oh, Hey, great. It was great to see you this year. It's like that. It's like that sitting in the, in the lobby as everyone's yeah. taking off. To oh go to yeah. Sunday morning. That, that Sunday morning is brutal. Yeah. Sunday afternoon though is really weird when it, you know, it's just like a couple of committee members and in an empty <laughs> dorm and it's all gone. <laughs> and one person with a suitcase whose flight strange. was canceled. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, I've, uh, this is a good place to wrap it up, not yeah. least because I've had to pee for 45 minutes. <laughs> you and me both. <laughs> yeah. So uh, this has been the Retro Open Poly Roundtable Chicken Missile Lines Drop Museum Groocast live from Kansas Fest 2020 Virtual Edition. Thank you all very much to all of our guests, and we will see you next year for realsies in person. Bye, everybody. Appleton forever. Bye. Appleton forever. Appleton forever. Retro. Retro. This has been the Open Apple Podcast. Find more episodes, read our blog, or send feedback by visiting us on the web at www.open-apple.net. Captain, we have them!